everybody, welcome to That Photography Podcast. Sitting in the Sawtooth Gallery with Thomas Ryan, photographer extraordinaire. <laughs> He's just looking at me now like, what? I'm too humble. Too, too humble. Um, so, you, I suppose we start at the beginning. Like, who are you? What have you done? Like, you're, you're mainly a... Well, from my knowledge, and my knowledge is always limited, um, uh, architectural photographer, that's that's your primary background, but you've dabbled in other things like everybody has, I'm presuming, a bit. Mm, yeah. And that. So the reason why we're doing it in the Sawtooth Gallery here in Launceston is um, you've got an exhibition on, which started last night. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. it was Yeah, open last night. And I guess it's a, com- com- a coming together, I guess, of of my of my work my love of architecture and design and Mm. yeah so 10 years of um yeah ideas basically coming together in an exhibition yeah Yeah. so your majority of your prints are black and white you got a few colors up is black and white your preferred medium in this case or is it just the way you went for this exhibition yeah this exhibit i mean yeah i think my body a lot of my work is predominantly i work in black and black and white i think Especially for architectural photography, it shows off that shapes and forms yep. a lot more than colour. I mean, there's one colour image in there just to spice it up spice a bit in the up. exhibition. But yeah, I do love to work in black and white. So. Cool. And so let's let's turn back the clock and um, find out your roots, how you started um, and how you got to here. Mm. Well, I guess if you go right back to when I was, when I was a kid, I grew up in uh, North Queensland in a little town on the Atherton Tablelands and I like to take it back to there because whilst whilst I was seven or eight years old I wasn't uh, a photographer as such. My my father would have an instant camera and he would go around photographing things like the landscape but also the built environment and I can remember as a kid going through photo albums and seeing things like old butter factories, old timber mills, um, things like that and so, just so the, the family photo um, album had like oh here's one of the kids here's one of the family building 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 yeah <laughs> so yeah it's quite funny I don't think um, you know and I guess that's the joy of photography when I think about it. I was going to say oh my father isn't a photographer per se but you know everybody picks up a camera and before you know and it was that passion of um, I get or just documenting a life that was changing and um, buildings that were changing of that time where dairy industry was becoming um, deregulated and and yep. that and that building has since been completely demolished and the timber mills completely demolished but and there was lots of walking we did to um, being in the tropics we'd have um, we we'll build dad was built mum and dad were building a house at the time and um, we didn't have power electricity for the year so the waterfalls there's waterfalls everywhere up up yeah, there right. so we would go that was our afternoon afternoon shower literally under a waterfall that's awesome. And, um, yeah, it sounds quite awesome now. I mean, I didn't even. It's think like about you can it, romanticize you know? it now, but back then you probably go, "Oh, I don't like this." And yeah, and that was back at a time when um, popular waterfalls, like uh, one called Miller Miller Falls, was they the farmer would bring his cattle down there to drink. You could, you know, swim down there and have yes, it to everybody. yourself. You know, yeah, right. so. But on those walks, we would see walk past the timber mill, walk past everyday things like the dump, which nowadays it's all recycled all the rest but it was mm. that just chucking anything era even in, that was in the 90s you know it was still like that but just to see the timber mill slowly change or decay over time or yep. um and ask questions um to my father about 
you know, what was that about? What was this? So that sort of interests me in social history and architectural history and how things change sort of, and that yeah, fed into, I guess, a lot about documenting change as much as the buildings themselves. So different eras, different times, mm. before and afters, um, just to have a record of yep. images and to try and do it in a way though that's um, that grabs your attention. It's not just a snapshot of um, just of a building. Yeah, yeah, that makes people stop and think and question question things like that. Yeah. So so documenting like the urban landscape as that's where that has sort of come from yeah i'd say so you yeah, know i mean it's hard to i guess put it into words there's a lot of there's a lot yeah. of and i love the 20th century modernist period and i guess growing up we lived in the countryside and then we moved to uh, townsville and i did a lot of i did my primary school education there and north queensland's got a lot of post-war Queenslander homes and factories and all that sort of stuff yeah. so I was um, I think I like to think I was subconsciously um, just um, I seen all these all that style and then that's influenced me um, yeah through adulthood you know they so what wife I obviously playing with the camera with your dad and that um, but that's you've moved through in through photography but never tempted to go into like architecture or anything like that no i often get asked like you know people see so my architecture oh you're an architect or oh would you like yeah. to go into architecture i i liked i love to you know it's my bread and butter i work for architectural firms and i enjoy working with people to produce um you know works for them but to actually study it as such i think it would kill the innocence of the intrigue and the joy of that's cool and things like that i mean as close as i'd come i've often thought uh oh, urban planning urban design sort of things but yeah the more i look <laughs> into um having to write things and and do stuff i'm like yeah I'll, i don't I'll want to do the paperwork i just want to take pictures <laughs> yeah so i mean it's come from that and it's just yeah just um design itself i've got a background in um you know journalism um at University of Tasmania. I so you went to that. uni and did journalism in Hobart. Yeah. So okay. So I did that and uh, what what it. what was the plan? Where where was your mind at that stage? Ah, oh, so I I think I I, I yeah, dreamt of working at a um, newspaper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I went through the process and newspapers were folding up or less and less jobs, it just became a. Um, more of a yeah thinking yeah and advertorials and i did start off working with um independent newspapers that get bought up by bigger ones and yep. you were just ended up writing advertorials and doing things but i was doing photos photographs as well um, okay for that so yeah just the passion within the photos you know i was i just like the um yeah the photo making more than the writing it it was good but it, the photos came a lot easier and um yeah so i had that background then i did graphic design at yep. tafe um and i was already well into that um then and yep. yeah i just um that that just enhanced it so yeah all that background of you know it's just design and how things work and how things are made it's quite interesting to um do that in a photographic medium. in a photographic way so you've gone from like uni and journalism and then graphic design but you've always picked up the camera through throughout so at some point in time because i'm your bread and butter is now photography 
when did you do the switch? When did you finally just go, I, I'm, well, I've got those skills there. I'm going to pick up the camera and actually make money because you're saying loss of innocence, learning architecture, but a lot of people say as soon as your hobby becomes your job, mm. that, that, that loss of innocence can happen there as well. Yeah, I guess I'm lucky enough that yeah, living and breathing architecture, when I do so many client jobs, I'm like, oh, you know, it's, sometimes you get, you know, it's another room, it's another office, and you, but you're following the brief. But then my relaxation is going out and shooting architecture for myself. So there's, yep. there's, a, there's a release. There's yeah, a release right. In that. Yeah. Does one inform the other and vice versa? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, totally. Just, yeah. yeah play off each other it's you know probably to the detriment of family and friends you know where it's just not <laughs> it's just not work you know it's it's like yeah that's saying you live in the dream that it's it's just you know it never really started as such as this is work now yeah full time doing it you know it it just evolved into yeah i still do portraits the occasional wedding but the passion and the love is architecture and okay. and you keep yeah it's um you know I mean, it's probably, I'm a bit convoluted now, you know, coming into a background. I did um, school portrait companies, you know, going around Tasmania. Oh, um, yeah, like pixie photos. Yeah, and doing that that and call it like the, yeah, the chicken coop sort of style of photography. And I did that when I moved quite a couple of years ago, moved back to Townsville and had a few years there, saving money again um, and working at another portrait company and I kind of think you know it's almost it's all I know you know I've mm. done graphic design journalism but then going back to that because yeah we all need money to live and and I've yep. always been taught you know I've always um someone said to me once you know it's the jobs you do as crappy as they can be you know it's the contacts you make and and yep. things like that so I was in Townsville two years working on the back dock as supermarket humid hot Oh, doing wow. paperwork, pulling trolleys up and out, but that saved me enough money to get a computer, you know, um, to uh, a better computer to then edit my photos. And yep. if it does anything to you, you, it just really makes you focus on what mm-hmm. you really want to do. If there's a job that you don't absolutely love, you find every way to um, get out of that and do it. You know, unless yep. you're just making um, excuses for yourself. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I can't do this. So seeing other people around me that might have been lost or oh, I'll just settle for this. I'm like, yeah. um, I took, I guess, inspiration from from their <laughs> whateverness. Oh, I don't know, you know, because their indecisiveness. Yeah. Or and I was young, and, and you know, once and like we all were, and I was shy and and thought, oh, I can't do this. But I think, well, you know, there's nothing. Yeah. So it just makes you more determined to um, do that. And and yeah. And it was always it's always been like that. You get jobs like that working on back dock yeah. working doing supermarket shelves and then hospitality or yeah anything. and then yeah. but it, it feeds literally buying camera gear but then <laughs> and now you know it's paying for the addiction <laughs> yeah it can justify oh I'll just buy this multi-thousand dollar lens i'm not buying a car but i'll need this lens but I'll you know this, yeah. it, it just it just um yeah but then i've been fortunate enough now to build up such a yeah it's just building up more and more work where it's got to the extent where it's that busy that i've um been lucky enough to make a full-time job out of it that and in saying that like i think a lot of photographers and design jobs it's a lot of work it's feast and famine and then there's nothing and you you're continually questioning yourself of 
I haven't had work for two months. This my money's drying up, and where do I get the next job? And you question that, but sometimes you just get lucky, and then suddenly, boom, someone calls you and says, "I need this." But it's always, yeah, and that's part of just the, I guess, that's, hard graft of photography. Yeah, and, 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 any sort of creative arts, but yeah, but photography, particularly with us, like I know, like Ed, the usual co-host is, you know his main income is um, weddings but weddings are generally this end of the year summer spring summer a little bit into autumn and then winter you know nothing mm-hmm. so uh, like hospitality and that you you have your um on season your off season mm. commercials different though you're on and off seasons don't correlate with actual seasons they mm. can be whenever um except for you can generally guarantee around end of financial year or end of actual year you're either going to be busy or nothing mm. um yeah. just depending what's going on yeah it's uh, interesting i mean i'm thinking yeah wedding photography must be yeah i can imagine it's a lot yeah yeah uh, feast and famine but yeah all sort of architectural photography is quite interesting in well, it could respect, be any time of the year, I suppose, within reason. But you don't. They probably most architects or firms don't want to see their nice, pristine building with rain clouds over the top of it. But your a lot of your work has clouds in it. It's not the blue sky per se. Mm. It's to give texture, I'm guessing, and to give it a bit of gravitas, as to have that bit of mm. something in the sky. And it's not just a fluffy cloud here or there. Normally, you you've usually got re- big, dynamic dramatic clouds yeah so how do you is that they're they're getting you when you get those briefs are they actually um they know your work and they're wanting that or Mm. is it i'd like to think there's a subconscious influence there of yeah Yeah. they've seen my work and that's what i produce but i mean at the end of the day like all all jobs you you've tried you're following the brief as um strictly as possible but also yeah trying to bring your own sort of spice to it yeah um, yeah, I often, yeah, I think there's some clients you work with that are open more to those ideas and mm. of your style and drama and moody clouds um, and things like that. And others, you know, it might be, yeah, we just want offices. We need them inside. You know, we don't want, we yeah. want to, It. I guess it just depends, you know, but I've never run up against, um, I guess it's just, yeah, and providing flexibility, you know, some days yeah. there aren't clouds, but sometimes there are and you'll shoot it in a moment in the day when it's just blue sky because you you know that's possibly the brief they want yep. a sharp clean image of a modern building and then i'll i've got those images in the bag and then i'll say like i'll give them one that's um which goes to the brief and then you've yeah, got your own. and i'm feeling like well this is creative but i've done the brief i've followed yep. what i need to do but this is well let's add this and yeah sometimes you know the images you sometimes take that aren't planned often you know, it can be like wow yeah. we'll take that one because that is something yeah they, um, the old adage is take one for yourself sort of thing and mm. then present a lot you'll hear it from a lot of even big commercial clients uh, or just big photographers or they'll just go we'll do the brief but we'll you know if we'll if we have a bit of time we'll shoot a couple of ideas if it's allowed we'll ask nicely and then the clients or the ad agency or whoever look at it and go oh that's to the brief that's great that's great wow we want that one yeah. and, you, and you go well that's it's different let's renegotiate yeah <laughs> sometimes a, if you're lucky yeah and often a lot of the time you know you can be uh, sometimes you're lucky enough i guess you could say that you've got the client with you which can be daunting at the same time but yeah you've got, shooting over the shoulder you've got yeah and it's just yeah it's a lot it's 90 percent that communication letting them you know and mm. you know in your head that that shot might not work but 
they can't see it like that because you in you know you can't talk you know tilt shift wide angle lens oh the aperture you know you're going to get this and that's going to look like cloudy so yeah you take those shots that that they think they want and then you take it because yeah it's, yeah it's easier to but yeah it's easy to communicate visually once you've got something there as long as you can do it without getting them annoyed i suppose mm. like you know you've got your shots and that let me just show you something adjust that click like ah. Oh now i understand <laughs> yeah but insane yeah a lot of the client yeah. there's some that i've worked with that have just got an art background and they they really actually get into like yeah and that's a pure joy they understand you know you're like yeah. you're trying to think okay how am i going to talk about depth of field and then you know, just you don't want to get nerdy with it and then they're just yep. like that's nice depth of field that's nice bokeh and you're just like oh cool you get that you know and yep. they and they appreciate um you know it's yeah i appreciate yeah that it makes it easier to work with the client, especially on big architectural shoots, it's often it can be good of a benefit to have the architect there and have them go through and show you around and go, yeah, this, 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 this idea. Yeah, the, re- the reasoning for this sort of curve and this is what we want to get. Yeah, and that's and the, I was trying to convey this sort of meaning through the building or. No, yeah, it just tells that story, you know, yeah. it gives you an idea of what they want to yeah, encapsulate in a design. But yeah, other times you get there and you've got dot points, but dot points are just dot points you know you just you go in and yeah that clean room has got a table and a coffee machine mm. and this and you've got to just um deal with um what's what's there and all the lights completely off or wrong or there's yep. a there's a there's a fridge in the way that i didn't think was meant to be there but it's there so you can't physically move that but you've got to you know take something you know there was there was one it was just a fully fitted out of it's been lived in for worked in for two years and you think yep. oh and the architect was like yeah I don't know if this room's going to be too good. And I'm like, yeah, it's probably not too good. But then he goes away and then I'm like, how can I, you know, it's always, <laughs> how can I work this? And they, were, they had nice light fittings. I just took away some of the cutler in, you know, did a, instead of a wider angle shot, did a minimal, you know, a 50 mil shot with chalet depth of field just to get the, get the lights. And yep. that was one of those examples where it wasn't in the brief, but they wanted that kitchen, but the kitchen was cluttered and they went away. I think you're like, ah, oh. but you know, it's, you get that shot. And yeah. um, when they do use it, it's like cool. cool. It's something yeah. something different. They didn't. I didn't think they'd go with, but yeah, that's cool. So you're. I always start with so. Um, it's my verbal tick when I'm doing interviews. I've realised. Um, predominantly, uh, like, well, I, I suppose the one question I, I thought of was, um, you're doing architectural photography, but. Um, a lot of people make their bread and butter in this game in real estate. Mm. And have you ventured into that area or are you avoiding it like the plague? Because it's pretty soul-destroying from what I've heard. Yeah, well, in that whole baggage of um, trying to distill the whole life story in, yeah. in, in a minute or so, yeah, in part of that story was, yeah, um, doing real estate photography. Yep. And um, in architectural photography circles... I think yeah there's a saying it's not to put down those that do make a, no, guess, some, a living out of like, some people do amazing stuff um, as well and they do you know but yeah there's i think there's you know there's architecture photography and there's real estate photography and and you know what i mean by that it's just a lot of um yeah like there's a lot you see i'll often go through and you know i'm looking at dreaming of places i can't afford and just going through <laughs> the real estate you know it's like wow you know and it's so often those shots i mean those ones that are just yeah, it's wide angle lens. Um, all the shadows are stripped out every detail. I'm like, what the, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess frankly, it's just um, 
yeah, it's more independence where the where the money's at. You know, they've got a tight budget, and you're there, and you're doing it by the hour, and you're having to often, you know, work in. Um, when I did do it for a few weeks, and think, yeah, it just <laughs> a few weeks, probably <laughs> a few days. You know, and it, was, it didn't last long. And it was like, can you, you know, and I had to move all this clutter and stuff in someone's house and drawing the, you know, it's like, can yeah. you move this? Un- there's underwear on the bed, and then you can't make it look nice, and you you're getting, yeah a pittance and you're like you just got to weigh up you know and then you get roped into the idea that oh can you can you buy this gear can you get that can you can you buy and not gears in photography like can you buy doilies and whatever you do in houses oh, like okay. interior stuff and at well so just to getting, say you start doing some interior design just to get the photos right and stuff yeah but it's interesting um and i guess you know in my opinion yeah the real estate is there yeah it's selling selling a home but it's, it's you know, yeah, it's that joy of, you know, and that's what I mean, the difference of architecture and real estate when you're working with someone, a designer or a builder, it's it's all about the story and the design, you know, I guess yeah. real estate, it's the, yeah, selling a product again. I guess it, for me, it goes more into that, um, it's like advertorial, it's, and yeah. it's just shotgun, you know, you, you, you've got to be, in my experience, doing, you know, eight buildings in a day and just quickly get the kitchen, the bathroom and the thing, it's just... Um, not for you. Yeah, it just wasn't for me. And um, That's fair enough. And it's, um, Some people are great at it, and there's a couple of local people, which I won't mention, but I'm going to try and get one on at some point, mm. um, who um, do a really good job of it, I think. Mm. But um, for me, I got approached ages ago about doing it, and I thought about it, but it was more I'd actually skill up and skill somebody up to do it for me. I'd, mm. I'd actually build it as a separate business yeah it, it yeah it felt it's not my passion mm. at all as I, I i've worked in areas where you've had to shoot a room i actually did a commercial job only this week where i shot a floor for a company mm. um, in a house and it was amazing but that one job was great but mm. doing it every day day in day out was yeah. not not I, my uh, idea of fun and i guess it's who you work for and things you know like and different yeah it was yeah for me it was just um yeah soul destroying in a way like mm. you know and it was yeah do more 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 for less and and i guess it just came down to independent you know i was doing that yep. but then i was getting commercial architectural work and i thought well yeah that's where and, you want to be and that gave me total independence to be my own boss not working working at like um yeah not working with um yeah hourly rates and i guess yeah just yeah getting stung and getting stuff like yeah you've got your gear but you know you have to be totally responsible for this when you can't you know and all mm-hmm. the and your car and your this and which i still do now but yeah I'm yeah just, we yeah, all do it but yeah it's um working at so yeah it was basically i think it was just working for someone like a portrait company they're being they were great you know at shops and things but it's working for someone else to be lucky enough to work for yeah. yourself and do your own thing do it's own um thing. it was um yeah it was really good so let's talk a bit more about the exhibition um I've, I'm looking at it through a window here. We're sort of in the gallery's admin office, aren't we? At the mm. back of the building, trying to... There's a big... Like, there's multiple displays in this gallery and one of them's got a lot of audio, so we've sort of segregated ourselves a little bit. Um, these are obviously not client stuff. This is your personal stuff. And in this case, um, all of it is external shots. You haven't put any from memory. I'm... I should have done I'm trying whip. to think too now. I'm trying to, I should have done a whip around before I, uh, we sat in the room. Um, no, I think they're all external shots. Mm. Um, 
but you've you've got some like um, modern Melbourne style shots, and then you've got some classic like Launceston old buildings, which some of them don't exist anymore. And that, and but mm. you've got sort of a complete like new and old here. And what sort of story were you trying to tell with this? Like, is there a actual theme you mm. feel to this this show? Yeah, I guess it's just the yeah to put it simply like. Yeah, it's people's just how um, architecture changes so quickly, or the ideas of the mm. uses for buildings, or the the love or the hate of building. I just found it quite interesting how buildings can be, yeah, old buildings, well considered old now, that you yeah. can walk around Inveresk and Invermay and go and see these old industrial buildings that of their time would have been probably the building we're sitting in now. Just looking at the sawtooth roof design, yeah, would have been quite. Um, new for the time and maybe shocking but how these buildings are now seen as you know can be seen as old yeah the, the roof here just says um i reckon they're calling it sawtooth the sawtooth name must come from the roof it's mm. it's that um tr- i don't know what you call it. i'm not an architect or anything that's like um yeah I think triangles was, yeah sawtooth they do so, call it sawtooth. They do too, yeah, call it yeah. sawtooth. But you'll see that in a lot of uh, older industrial buildings here, like down at Inveresk, yeah. um, in the old tram sheds and stuff mm. like that. They've all got this sawtooth style where one, like the sloping edge is um, tin and the vertical edge is glass. So good way of letting lots of light into the room. Mm. Um, and there's just something, yeah, it's that I think... I imagine when they built them at the time, they weren't thinking, oh, artistic value or this. It was no. just a f- functional building. But yep. And that's what interests me in the, you know, and it's the essence of the exhibition. Like, I guess one person's, what it, like I've got ones of the, um, where the silo redevelopment's happening and those sawtooth sheds that have since been demolished. And it's yep. interesting for me and it, uh, reading opinions in the newspaper that for and against, um, yeah. it's just a shed, but... I have an opinion on it, but it reading that informs my photography, and I think it's very interesting. Yep. It's just a shed. Get rid of it, and then other people have a connection to it, whether it was through work, whether they go walking their dog there, or like myself, taking sitting there for you know, yeah, being there for the ten years of yep. just seeing the change happen there, and you get an attachment um, to somewhere just like back as a child those timber mills yep. those things a dump you know you've got some because it's a memory that is fed but to other people it's just a functional i've got a supermarket yeah there and it's quite funny yeah, at know. what point will we um start um heritage listing like facade of mm. woolies and, and i just and i do stuff. find that interesting that as a the younger generation comes through and likes buildings from the mid-century and like yeah. generations before it like uh, federation and victorian that i feel like it would be naive to think that you um yeah would uh, i find it like yeah i i you know yeah could a could a bunnings shed uh be because it tells a story all yeah. the time and just like those sheds they don't make them like they used to and now we're into that big concrete facadism construction that is um, you know, love or hate it. It's a style that, and it will probably evolve and change. So, and in 30 years, they'll construct it slightly differently. So, those big box developments will tell a story of a certain yeah. time, but, and people will work there and live there and, and, or in these build and, and, um, there will be a sort of, uh, a reminiscence of a, 
of a time of a, gone of by. Of a time that yeah. has passed. So I guess in essence, that's what the exhibition tries to um, show that, you know, you've got modern Melbourne and yep. Docklands is a fascinating place of... Um, fascinating photographically but for me it's quite eerie and to hear locals at melbourne oh 99 of what i hear oh god down there it's yeah they don't like um, it down there and it's like a ghost town all the time yeah it's not so bad now but it, when they first put yeah it there. but and in a sense it's like my when i go down to inveresque down there in the silos it was sort of like a place to reflect with well, these places that have got emptiness and and no one around them there's a sort of beauty to that but yeah. there's a uh, there's a yeah it's just quite interesting just that um branding and marketing there's a there's a you know units available this and that and there's shops and there's everything you need it's almost like a like a zoo to me sometimes i look at the animals <laughs> and go are they really happy if they could talk they've got everything they need and you know and and places but like they don't that. have freedom <laughs> but there's something the heart and soul where yeah. did it go and just like old buildings where did the heart and soul go like where guns was and now it's just an empty like paddock, paddock. with poppies growing on it right now it's absolutely um where did that that history literally can get wiped off and you think well guns wasn't so long ago there's no. living memory of people's memories of that sense of place and now there's a new history on it with um big box developments it's yeah it's, it's it's quite fascinating how we change like the you know as you're talking about the evolution of this town and all well, the city like Launceston to most people people don't know mainlanders and that um, don't know a huge amount about Launceston they just know it exists but it's the third oldest city in the country mm. so Sydney Hobart Launceston and Melbourne mm. was designed here mm. um, sorry no we didn't design Sydney though Sydney was your own fault <laughs> um but yeah, there, there's so much heritage and, and evolution in spaces. And even though we're very old and we've got trappings right back to colonial days here, there are other towns that pop up which are like 30, 40 years old and, they, mm. and they've already had change, as you're saying, from, mm. from shopping malls which are not working so much anymore to mm. them being redesigned into other developments and mm. things like and that. And that's, yeah touching on that that's fascinating in itself i yeah. sit on youtube and watch dead malls of america which is think, amazing and you've and, been to the states and you've gone running around a yeah bit. and it's just yeah and you see these um and it's not so long ago these or grew up with malls that um were the next big thing and now to see the malls yeah actually the 80s die yeah to see them dying yeah. and the resurgence of um cbds and in America, downtowns coming back, and these shopping malls just with big empty car parks. Yep. Um, there's that thing again. It just like one of my images with the um, video shops. Go and hire a video. Yeah, and that's it's a... still going. Just I imagine, but that's what we grew up with. Going to get a video from the shop. That it's yeah, that... it's mind-boggling how quick things just change, and just then that amazing. becomes um, a bit of history that I must document because yeah kids who grow up now are going to be like what a video you went and picked it up at the shop it just it just sounds crazy you know we're getting older you know? the one I, the, actually one of the images I, I love in here is there's two actually um the one where you've got the old um abandoned house which has utopia written on it mm. um actually actually um jasper seymour was here last night and we and and pulled it up and i was like i bet you you wish you found that because <laughs> it's it, it has a bit of urban uh, urban exploration feel to it that but i love it it's like 
this was utopia or is it utopia it's got an interesting story who who was the person who graffitied the front of that place <laughs> yeah it wasn't me it wasn't me <laughs> even though my title was that for a moment i thought oh is someone thinking i'm taken now but yeah my my brother found that build that house for me and i thought how fitting was that it was just absolutely perfect i've got an old derelict house to show you and it had utopia written on it and i you know thought yep. of that title a year before and i thought this is so obvious it has to be uh, the main image in the title yeah. of this exhibition that's yeah. brilliant yeah. and the other one i love is um um i like going around trying to guess where all the locations are <laughs> um but i'm pretty sure it's the one down at black it's blackstone heights here where it's the um it's sort of the fairly new building it's got um solar panels on the roof it's got on the left hand side it's got a for sale sign for the block on the right hand side right next to it is the massive power line towers Mm. and i just thought that is just awesome like just that story there of um old power new power and something to come Mm. yeah it's a yeah it's amazing when you drive around looking for you know there's another project in mind it sort of crosses with um the suburban idea of you know Mm. suburbia project of the suburbs and how they've evolved and changed over time but yeah just that just that um yeah the whole yeah it's someone's castle it's someone's home you know but and they've got you know they probably didn't choose to go oh we want power lines near there but it's yeah it's happened it's it's the realities and it's someone's home so it's that yeah that utopia it's yeah and off the grid potentially yeah we've got got all this power right beside you that's just amazing yeah um well you've got a lot of different projects you like you're pretty prolific posting stuff up on social media at times um you're more much more prolific than i am i'm useless at i have spurts and goes at it um but the um like i've seen projects based on internal staircases Mm. uh which some people would be like what but you've definitely got a love of that of the staircase Mm. and different styles Uh, but you had a particular century or era for that from memory yeah it was uh 20th century yeah 30s to the 80s yeah 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 which how the hell do you tell Apart from going into an Apple store and looking at the glass bricks and going, that's that's not in that period. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think I get it right 100% of the time. I'm yeah. sure I don't, but yeah, it's. I think it just comes with yeah the passion and love of architecture that you can, you know, if I walk around and look at them, look at them like books, and I can mm-hmm. pinpoint just that brickwork is 1960s circa 50s brickworks different to 30. You know, there's a whole, yeah. so you can start to pick up on that, and especially the staircases, and it's what excited me so much is that they're often left alone, as in they're not being redeveloped and refurbished. Yeah. They're often left because they're emergency staircases, so they're pure examples of their of their time you know the, oh, okay. the offices might have been ref, you know fitted out dozens of times in their lifetime but those stairs, stairs of, but yeah you get to you know when you're absorbed in something you love you start to see you know you see terrazzo and um big open um crevasses looking down a 10-story building yep. and you're like they wouldn't yeah nowadays they wouldn't do that with oh&s and <laughs> you know and the rubber balustrades and steel frame and formality and you're like yeah that's that's 1960s or oh, a bit more curvy and use of um brickwork but then concrete um you know uh, yeah concreted over there yeah, that's art deco and yep. you know if it's all timber yeah that's more victorian but yeah it just um yeah things like that it just that's the yeah total fun of it It just evolved you're doing architectural stuff and you're like wow these stairs look in they're interesting in themselves but it's only when you 
like projects to me never finish they're always evolving evolving, but yeah it's absolutely when you do step back and you have another project you're working on you see it as a um yeah it's a bit crazy like oh i'm not feeling the vibe for doing stairs for the last year or so yep and yeah i look and go wow these some of these people because i'd get access to some buildings that aren't accessible by snooping around and just getting it you know i was in hobart and melbourne and ringing up museums and and uh the magistrates courts and things and getting and getting these um getting access to these places you know and i think yeah they would often think okay and then they'd meet me and you'd show them what you're doing and they're like cool but yeah when you have to hard to explain i just want to take a photo of your staircase you know yeah (laughs) but when you're in the zone and when you want to do something so bad you and you you find a way to do it it's only when you step back and you haven't done that project for a while have a chuckle and go Wow, I'm a passionate nerd of staircases. No wonder they were looking at me strangely. <laughs> Context. It's, it's um yeah, it's amazing what you'll do for that image. You yeah. know, when you when you're passionate about something. The other thing about your work is that, um, particularly a lot of it, it's devoid of people. Mm. It's always just the environment and the building. Um, you purposely, obviously, do that. Um, is it I, you did the um like launceston as a well, was it like a dead city or something like yeah, that? death you, of a city death yeah. of a city as a as a show or project once um a little while ago mm. and you, you went around the streets and you pretty much found every well all the images are devoid of people or or, or signs of life so mm. no vehicles or anything like that mm. and i suppose this is the difference between like you look at your work and you can definitely say it's not street photography, even though like you can do architectural street photography mm. and you, and you've gone into like some pretty crowded places in Melbourne and that as well. And you've mm. found that moment or whatever to mm. capture it. Mm. How much time do you spend waiting <laughs> and looking for that? Well, in, in how much Photoshop do you cover your ass <laughs> <ass> with? <laughs> Yeah, I get a lot of that, like um, in the Launceston project, um, I can say all of them were done just being there. There's no Mm. Photoshop manipulation of getting rid of people. No cloning in there, yeah. And for better or worse, I'd say in Launceston it was easy and that was part of the the play on on those words death of a city because and occasionally you get people raged going, oh, well, if you don't like it, you know, why are you here? But it was my experience through um, empty shops and the quite living right near the city, coming into the city mm. after three or four o'clock. This and is the reality. Dead. It's yeah. just quiet as opposed to Melbourne that 15 years ago was similar, but the vibrancy of, of life yeah. um, was just, yeah, it was something that, you know, I felt passionate about design and architecture and getting the city of Launceston, you know, wanting to play a part in that, I guess, you know, um, but doing it through, yeah, that and seeing, and, and I guess just, yeah, raising awareness of, you know, and people would talk about it. I guess that's what mm. art does, you know, it's like, oh, why does he, doesn't he like it? And I'm like, I'm just, I love Launceston. I love it. It helps me connect with who, where, you know, the place, but yeah, you just, yeah, Launceston was pretty, pretty easy. I mean, I wouldn't say, you know, you'd go at certain times, of a day there was like Sundays where it is quieter mm. but there are there are just times where you get lucky where there aren't any cars I can't remember I th- yeah I'm pretty sure yeah there aren't even cars I think I went to that extent in that project there's no cars in the scenes either I don't think there was I should remember but, I can't. but yeah it's quite it's quite easy to 
you know, um, do sadly because yeah, it can it just quietens down. Quite but fair. Melbourne, yeah, when I was there quite a few times, I'm like, yeah, I'll have to think of something different because this city is just twenty four seven. It feels like of yep. of vibrancy, but and which it is, it's very you know, especially in the. You know, You're going to start on Sydney and, now. The lockout laws have pretty much killed all life at, at okay. certain yeah. points. Yeah, that could be a good idea. But yeah, <laughs> it's just you, you do learn in um, Melbourne uh, certain times of the day that you go, like um, the malls um, mm. in the city. Um, I didn't realize that, that, you know, people are like, no, they open at like 8 a.m. or something or 7 a.m., yeah. but the shops don't open. And you go in there and I'm like, wow, it's death of a shopping mall or something metaphorically because yeah. it's it's just empty. But in doing that, you know, those ones in Melbourne, I'm not there. That wasn't pretty, uh, death of Melbourne, but even Launceston, it, with the devoid, like being devoid of people and traffic and cars, it just strips it down to that essential design and architecture mm. and, and sense of place, you know, because we're so busy just moving around and looking and doing stuff that we don't have time to, you know, I guess it's in my head. That's how I see everywhere I walk. I look up all the time and, and see all the architecture and stuff around me. But most people, probably, you know, just, yeah, not architectural nerds and going about it, but by stripping it down to those bare essentials, it allows, it, I think, I like to f- think that it allows me to think about what is this place about? What is mm. it? So it's like Docklands. Um, it's quiet. It's a, it allows you to take a breath in a city that's as busy and big as Melbourne. Um, it doesn't have to be Docklands. You can go up to the business ends, each end mm. of the city on a Saturday and Sunday when there's no workers there on a public holiday. And it's like a ghost town. It's just finding those spaces a car park in a high rise that's 10 stories up and you can just stand up there alone and just look down at the city below you and you know you feel like you're the only one there and you know it allows you to absorb that Mm. sort of sense and i guess yeah cities are often thought of in towns as places of people and that's what they're built for without people there wouldn't be cities but to strip that down and um i guess make it a bit yeah uneasy and a bit disturbing it allows us to question how and what 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 are we doing you know rather than rushing into a shop or going back to our apartment yeah, yeah. Like, yeah i think you um i think you need to find yourself an adventure to on china and do the ghost cities oh you bring that up absolutely it's already you know you're it's in the back of my mind and i can yep. hear those other sayings you know like it's not when you do it go and do it just go, go, go and, and do, do that now and there completely um yeah took the words out of my head you know it's just yeah <laughs> really it's something on the on the list yeah on that ever-growing list (laughs) cool well um thanks for talking to me about everything and anything um we've talked for 40 odd minutes which is pretty awesome and you you were afraid of not having anything to say (laughs) told you too much (laughs) no it's great um where can we find your work um online and that where can people see about this exhibition or in your work in general yeah uh, the best my, yeah, it would be my website, um, tryanphotos.com. And yeah, I'm pretty regular on social media. So Instagram at tryanphotography, I believe. Or well, is it Thomas Ryan Photography? Yeah, the one or the other. Facebook's Thomas Ryan Photography. Um, Ryan, yeah. I'll pull it up. Bruce Wait. is just pulling it up. He's my new assistant. I, yeah. yeah. I just say I'm visual. I can't, yeah, words. What? what Actually, that's the easiest way to find you on this because it's in your messages. Thomas Ryan Photography is Instagram. Yeah. So T Ryan Photography would be word. Facebook. So yep. I post to both of them quite regularly. And yep. um, yeah, I'm always happy for a chat or to help out or have questions. You know, or if so. you need a building shot. 
yeah, yeah that, that too that, that too yeah cool and you can find me in the usual places um be my on instagram and joffrey street productions on facebook and websites and stuff um yeah so thanks for having a chat and, yeah thanks Bruce. and good luck with the rest of the exhibition and um we'll, we'll catch up with you soon yeah thank you Check. 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 Check.